Chops TV. You will be chopped. Know what that means? Licking my chops. Today I will show you how to do a karate chop. Simply saying, no, he doesn't have the chops to do what it takes. New thing. I'm busting chops. Welcome to Chops TV, featuring Jennifer Lopez. Now here's Chops. Chops and J-Lo, another episode of Chops TV. I feel like I start the same way every single time, but I don't know what else to say. That is what it is. It is another episode of Chops TV. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, that's, well, no, you're supposed to, you shouldn't do things just because you've always done it that way. You should try to change things. That's usually more of a mantra in radio than ain't broke, don't fix it. Oh, guess what? I'm not in radio. (laughs) I'm in a podcast. Yeah. This isn't my dad. This is a cell phone. And I threw it on the ground. I tell you what, people love what's familiar. Yeah, that, right? that's fair. People do love what's familiar. People definitely don't like change in that. But I've welcomed this change after we had, like, what, a day and a half of dealing with snow. And then it just went right back up to 60 degrees. I did have a question for you on that note. Mm. Do you like it when I throw snowballs at you? Not particularly. I only did it once this whole past four days. <laughs> Yeah, because all the snow was gone by the time you went to throw it. So you had to pick up a snowball that was half dirt, half snow. And then you told me, do not throw that at me. And then I did it anyways. Almost hit a key in the key in the. Yeah. Key in the kneecaps. <laughs> Almost hit a key in the kneecaps. I went to said kid and then I already had knee and they both start with the K. So then I said key. You didn't have knee. <laughs> you knee said cap. almost hit a key first, I think. This might have to be a go back to the tape thing. <laughs> Let us know, listeners, at underscore no, chops TV please. on Twitter. We'll just what did cut she that. say? No, we'll cut it. We're not cutting that. <laughs> that is staying in. In order to Oh, but anytime you make it slip, you're gonna cut it. In order to access cuts, you're gonna have to get upgraded, Jen. Which brings us to our first topic today. <laughs> hey, how was that transition? Ugh. So at it- my expense, they're never good. So we watched a new rom-com that's on Amazon Prime because we were a bit busy this week. We had a house guest. We hadn't gotten around to watching anything that was new. We did watch Fast 9, but that's for a later podcast because we still got to get through Fast X. We're always looking for a new rom-com because like many people, what happened to those? We, we liked them in the early 2000s, in the mid to late 90s. A lot of those are classics that we still like to watch today, but none of them have hit that threshold since i don't know like 2005 when did like monster in law come out that felt like the last of like the heyday of it like 0708 yeah and now we're we're still kind of looking for rom-coms we tried uh what was the no hard feelings it was a little raunchier with jennifer lawrence eh, didn't really still gotta watch anyone us. but you Yes, that one. And at least that one's based off of a Shakespeare play. So we get the 10 things I hate about you type deal with it. Also, who the fuck knew that? No one. They did not advertise it. I just found out because somebody said it on a TikTok at one point. And I was and like, really? that and means it's true. I know it's. It yeah. is true. I know it's true. Now you're gaslighting me. into th- <laughs> like Because I remember I looked into it too. I didn't just take it for fact. But that's where I first heard it. Good. And Check your sources. Check your sources. Yes. No no sources needed for upgraded. By the way, not source material. Not that I can find. you Because you mentioned while we were watching it that it felt like 
it would move really fast and effectively on the page. And I was like, oh, maybe it is based off something. It also looked like something that was maybe based off of fan fiction or like the Wattpad, a Wattpad. type that's, stuff. Yeah, and that's what I meant. But it appears that it's not. That it's just something. There were three writers for it. Um, Christine Lenig, Justin Matthews, and Luke Spencer Roberts. But I can't find any information. I tried to say was upgraded based on a book on a Twitter or a Google search. And it just kept showing me things for the movie and book upgrade. And I was like, no, specifically upgraded. Can't find anything. It's just a movie that just showed up one day. <laughs> yeah, I like those. It's always a treat when you're when you're like so chronically on the streaming services the way that we are. Um, and something new pops up. It's like it immediately catches your eye. And because we're going on a trip. Uh, very soon and the backdrop was London and like the guy was looking at the girl in a suggestive way I was like oh yeah sign me up I'm sad yeah and we at the beginning I wasn't sure like if she was about to get upgraded in life or like what upgraded meant and it kind of works a little bit in all those ways but it literally is just an upgrade she gets into first class but at the beginning of the movie she's a struggling person trying to make it in the art world. Spoilers for Upgraded. Yes, yeah, spoilers for Upgraded. She's trying to make it in the art world in New York City. She's living with her sister in a studio apartment, essentially, and her fiancé. They don't want her there. She's been there too long. They're trying to get rid of her. So she's trying to make a name for her at the auction house that she works at. She corrects something, and Marissa Tomei is the boss. She's the director of it, of the uh, auction house in New York, and decides, wow, that was really impressive. The next morning... Calls her and says, get in, loser. We're going to the mall. They're going to London. And you have to be at the airport now. Then the brother and the, or the sister and the fiance, like, help her pack and, like, push her out the door. And I get it. They want, they want their own space back. They want her out of the apartment. For me, if my sibling woke up one morning and was like, oh, yeah, you know that kind of dead-end job that I wasn't getting anywhere at? They're taking me to London right now. I have to go. That's a red flag to me no see you haven't had the privilege of being annoyed by younger siblings okay so i totally sympathize with the sister and the fiance in this regard because if my little sister who was bothering me for the last three weeks in my space three months was supposed to be three weeks oh my god it was three months that's even worse i'd be like yep bye have a good trip what if that person gets murdered on the trip after you so graciously shoved them out the door. That's not my fault. I didn't do that. I was encouraging her to move forward in her career. That's not in my apartment. I'm just saying somebody comes in very late, drunk, wakes up hungover, and the first thing she does is, quote, answer a phone call that says says she's going to London. That sounds like somebody trying to get out of town fast and something happened to me. Bye. I don't want to be involved if, that, if that's also the case. What if it's a friend? I don't want to be implicated. Now what? I'm an accessory. No. Bye. See you later. If <laughs> okay. it's a friend, even... No. I... Okay. So I had a friend in middle school, right? Who... I mean, we had been friends for a little while and she got mixed up with a different crowd of friends who... I knew immediately didn't like, so I did not associate with them. So she comes up to me one day after school and says, hey, like, some shit's going down. Uh, We might get jumped or whatever. Like, just so you know, you need to be ready. I'm like, ready for what? She was like, to fight. And I said, no, I don't. She was like, but what if some someone comes up to me and like, try to start some shit? I'm like, then that's your problem. That 
that's not me. Love you. We'll go grab ice cream afterwards. But I'm not jumping in, okay? Hold up. Wait. I'm, I'm getting a phone call right now, okay? Uh, we'll just cut all this out. It's fine. Hey, what's going on? Oh, wow. You need me to come to Spain right now? You need me to drop whatever I'm doing and coming to Spain, a trip that I've previously not mentioned at all? Okay, I'll do that. Hey, Jen, we have to cancel the podcast recording today because I have to go pack. I'm going to Spain in four hours. Perfect. I didn't even know what we were going to talk about on the podcast. Also, as long as you're back by Thursday of next week. So Bye. It, wouldn't it be faster for me to just kind of hop over from Spain instead of coming That's all the way point. back? That is a great point. Can you arrange your own flights is the next question. I am, because you're not going anywhere without me. That is one of those things that I am technically able to do, but <laughs> I don't. Man, when was the last time I booked my own flight? You're just so good at it, honey. Oh, yeah. Just like I'm good at <laughs> making sandwiches. I'm just better at it than you. There is some truth to sandwiches taste better when somebody else makes it for you. That's just a scientific fact. Like that is empirically proven through my own lived experience, (laughs) which is how science works. So anyway, so this chickadee arrives at the airport, figures out that she's not even on the same flight as the other minions and the director of the New York office. Um, Kind of on purpose. The other minions do not like her and are trying to make her stay in this trip the worst thing possible. Yeah, basically. So they, you know, they think that she's trying to encroach on their uh, favoritism with the director. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so uh, they're being a bunch of total pricks, like in front of the employee at the airport, the airport attendee decides to really show them. Right. So she, the the main girly gets upgraded on the flight to first class. That's her name. Anna. Mm hmm. Okay, so Anna gets upgraded to first class, and it's like five hours. The flight is five hours from whenever. So she then gets access to the uh, the, like first the class lounge, lounge, yeah. Which is funny that they're hitting on this, or I thought it was interesting because those are becoming more popular, especially on TikTok. Like watching uh, people who fly regularly, like the what are the perks of the lounge all the amenities and yeah, everything so like so now a lot of uh airlines aren't even offering like one day passes because you could you used to be able to buy one day passes in or depending on like the level of credit card member you were getting but now they're making it harder and harder so those those spaces become more exclusive to a sheeple that's such a terrible thing that like Oh, we were selling too many one-day passes, and now people can see into the lounge as if that ruins the lounge for them. And I bet they did. I bet they got complaints about now people understand what the lounge is like, and it's not the same. I, Man, I hate rich people. I'm sorry. It's just so annoying, this kind of stuff. Now you can't buy a one-day pass because whatever. Okay. I am... Very angry that I now know that, that you I'm told sorry, me that little anecdote. But I thought that was interesting because, like... I'm I'm almost positive that not every airport lounge is like this, and there are some that are better than others. But I doubt that like they have a spa and a steam room and somewhere where you can just like put on a robe and walk out. And I was a little. She did a lot. I know she had a four-hour wait time for her next flight, but you know, once she was not through security, she was just at baggage at that point. Then you have to get through security at probably JFK's. I'm assuming the one that they were at. She was leaving out of New York City. That can take a long time. Then it's an international flight. That's the stuff that you have to prepare for more. And then you get on the flight early. So she's probably only dealing with, at best, 
two and a half, three hours. Like it, that, all that stuff I listed takes at least an hour to 90 minutes. Yeah, plus it's like a really important, the, the most important trip of her career up to that date. All she does in the movie is get drunk. Yeah. That is the main thing this character does. Which, good for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially everything's free, but like they never really have that come up. She never really acts drunk. The closest is when she comes home that, that night right before she goes on the trip and she's like stumbling into the apartment. But they never really make her act all that drunk. And how does that not get her found out and get her in trouble in any way? But it doesn't. So then on the flight, here's the whole spurning point in the movie. Because she's in the first class, she had dropped a Bloody Mary on this random guy in the first class lounge. They are sitting right next to each other in first class. Classic. But it turns out with her face mask off, she's very pretty. So now he's not mad about the Bloody Mary. They have a little repartee, a little back-to-back, a rat-a-tat-tat. <laughs> they seem to really like each other, but he misunderstands as she's explaining her job. And thinks she's the director. And she says, ah, what the hell? I'm on a plane. Cute guy. I'll just talk to him like this. And then that whole lie just spirals on her the rest of the movie. Yeah. And then hijinks ensue. I will say, I've probably said it on this podcast before, but that was my ideal meet cute. And I'm pissed now that I'm seeing it actualized on screen. What? Because it can't happen to you now? I mean, it could still happen. I guess, but what am I gonna do? Do you do you want me to pretend to be a stranger when we fly to London and or Dublin? Technically, is where we're going first. Do you want me to pretend to be a stranger and sit next to you? I guess that's kind of hot. <laughs> Mile High Club. Have we? Wait, are you into role playing? Uh, yeah, I guess I can get into that. Nice. Pocketing that for later. Information I, for later. I will say this: I do not think you and I will fit into a bathroom stall in a in, on a plane together. Because you mentioned Mile High Club. So we oh, may have to... Why Why wouldn't we fit, Mark? We're both why? large well, stature people. Oh, are we? Are I'm we? very tall. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> when am I? Go ahead. What was that? You th- Okay, you want to try? You want to try to go into the bathroom? <laughs> just the two of us and see what happens? Well, now we kind of have to. Okay. So, Just to prove a point. We'll see if we can get upgraded to being arrested once they touch down in London. <laughs> in Dublin. Lubden. <laughs> now I'm just combining the huh. two. Oh, are, are, but we'll keep that in? Yeah, yeah, I'll keep that in. Okay, good. You better. Yeah, it was the end of a great joke. Of course I'm going to keep it that in. That you flubbed, thus rendering the joke useless. Flubland over here. <laughs> See what I mean? This movie was fun. We had fun with it. I think a big problem right now with rom-coms and people saying, well, you, there's no, they're not making any good ones. No, they're not as quite as good as they used to be because they're not getting the budgets and they're not getting the major stars that they used to. This one, the, the main girl, Camila Mendez from Riverdale, she's always been the secondary or villain character in everything I've seen her in. So this was finally her chance to get a leading role, but not the world's largest star, of course. She's not... Adam Sandler starring in a rom-com. Jennifer Aniston starring in a rom-com. Jennifer Lopez starring in a rom-com. It's not the same, but I think it gets very close, and it's on streaming. Most people have Amazon Prime. There's not a barrier to it. You can just click it on at any point in time. But I will say, you can still find rom-coms, and this one's a great example of that. They're on streaming. Sometimes they're really indie and like maybe play a few festivals, maybe get a little release, and then the only place you really see them are streaming. Sometimes they are made directly for streaming. But... Four examples of the last five-ish years of all movies that I enjoyed. Palm Springs. I believe you can find that on Hulu. That's got uh, Andy Samberg in it and is a bit of a... a little sci-fi twist to it. Yeah, it's got it's a Groundhog Day type movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Set It Up. That was the one with Glenn Powell, 
and uh, who else Zoe. is in that? Zoe Dewey. Yes, that's right. And they have to set up their, their two bosses in it. Set it up. I want you back. That's the Charlie Day, Jenny Slate one. Um, I, I like that one. I thought that was fun. I think Charlie Day is, is, is fun in anything. And Jenny Slate either plays like the most ridiculous person or like a very grounded, like sad person. Yeah. <laughs> Those are her two roles. I'll leave you to figure out which one it is if you go see that one. And then I also liked Plus One. That was the Jack Quaid one. With the wedding, yeah. Yeah. That one was that one was good, and they kept like going to weddings and stuff. That's probably of these four the weakest of them. But hey, if you're looking for rom-coms, one upgraded, and those four, that's a good start for you. And then if you do that, maybe your algorithm will just start giving them to you. Yeah. I, I also really liked it. You said something uh, yesterday when we were watching it. Um, that you almost enjoyed the job aspect more than the rom-com aspect. I might agree with you. It was weird to watch a rom-com where the com was fine. There was enough comedy, enough levity. I laughed a few times. The rom was not that present, and I didn't really care about it. It was kind of rom-light. That's the only reason why I wouldn't recommend it as like a rom-com. But if you like movies that are like easy to digest and are kind of fun this is a good one so it's really interesting to me when i was looking it up so it's directed by this uh, woman carlson young she also directed something called the blazing world so that's not not a ton of directorial experience she's been mostly an actress and she's been around since remember as the bell rings on disney channel she apparently was on that which like it's crazy that's like one of her main credits on her wikipedia page because that's a that was just something to fill up time during commercial breaks on Disney Channel. It's not really a real show, but whatever. Uh, but she was also in one episode of Emily in Paris. And as somebody who has seen like three episodes of Emily in Paris, one of them twice, I thought this movie was very Emily in Paris coded. Kinda, yeah. Actually, it does give that vibe where like, especially in the like latter half of depending on what season you're watching it really is about emily trying to like make it as a marketing exec in france Mm -hmm. yeah and you almost don't even really care about the boys almost in a sex in the city kind of way like the boyfriends that carry dates don't really matter it's really like well no no, not really. I think there are yeah. relationship pursuits, but it is not the main focus of the characters yeah. or the movie itself. Yeah, definitely more Emily in Paris. Also, uh, I'm not sure if like this girl is the most likable person, and that is also giving Emily. She's yeah. not the most likable person. When everybody likes her until they don't, is that an Emily thing too? Kind of, yeah. Based on, again, the three episodes I've seen, one of them twice, <laughs> Emily in Paris. But yeah, that's when I saw that, I was like, that's funny because I was thinking of that show during this because it's, yeah, it's like fish out of water in foreign country, girl trying to make it in whatever her industry is and traveling abroad through all that. So the we mentioned how the rom was pretty light. I won't spoil what happens to them, but I bet you can guess. Maybe not exactly how it happens, but I bet you can guess. Um, it almost doesn't even need the romance. Like he, the boy is the catalyst, which introduces her to characters that are very important for how the story escalates. Mm-hmm. But if that was it, and then she just started hanging out with the boy's mom instead, yeah. I would have totally taken that pivot because even like the end of the movie. After she figures everything out at work and things go bad, work out, however, you know, it goes, you know, the, the what is it, the ebb and flow of, yeah. of a rom-com. 
I almost like was like, well, that's the end of the story. Yeah, to me. because without without the rom ending, without the romance and ending, it really is just like a story about like personal growth with unexpected consequences. Right. So she gets caught up in this lie. Then as a consequence, she doesn't get the guy in the end. But her her she learns more about herself and how like strong she is. And then uh, really like hones in on her passion and becomes like this very successful woman with yeah. now a lesson learned. It's also well, now that I think about it, like something that is a little bit more like that, which is a really good rom-com. But it is more about the work stuff. The Devil Wears Prada. Yes. It's a lot like that where, yeah, there's there's a romance in there and they have conflict and then they do get back together at the end, right? Because the mentalist ends up being a bad guy. It, and- I don't know. It might be implied. There's like a patch. They have like a reconciliation, but I'm not sure if they get back together. Like, I'm not sure if they're a couple by the end of it. Her but again, and- who cares? That's not but the point cares? of the movie. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. I think this one had a chance to actually hit that. And they, I mean, if you just turn the movie off at a certain point, they do. But they they tie it all Well, up you also have, the like, end. the Miranda Priestling yeah, that, dupe. So it's somehow a mix between Emily in Paris and The Devil Wears Prada, which yeah. you love when I say this movie is actually two previous movies. <laughs> uh, but... No, it's not as good as Devil Wears Prada. Uh, I'm I haven't watched enough Emily in Paris to to know for sure. I've watched three episodes, one of them twice. If it's better than Emily in Paris, <laughs> but uh, it I, I liked it, and again, it's right there on Amazon Prime. I would recommend it as a a fun little hundred minute movie. But you're right, it maybe doesn't hit all the buttons that you want from a traditional rom com story. Oh yeah, the guy's hot too. Did you think it was weird that his name was William? And earlier in the movie, the Marissa Tomei character was so mean to a boy named Billy. And then she meets this very about town, wealthy British man. And his name is William, which obviously a very normal British name. But she makes fun of Billy earlier. And I thought that was like, is that meant to be linked? Or did those two characters just happen to have technically the same name? I have a counter question for you. Why is it always William and never Billiam? Billiam, I, I and don't then, know. I don't know Nick, if Billiam is a real name or just something. And then the nickname say. could be Willie, like Billy. Well, Willie. you can call somebody named William Willie. Well, I know, but Billiam is the name. What about Squilliam? Isn't that the little doppelganger rich guy? Yeah, in right? the in the <laughs> yeah. the little town. So what about Squilliam? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last thing I had. Because she does all of this on a lie, she gets connections with this family, this British family, and she's able to get things for her boss that the other assistants aren't able to get, and it impresses Marissa Tomei. But even in that moment, I'm like, well, how is she going to recreate this and continue to be successful? Because not every time she goes on a trip is she going to have this rich, connected family as somebody who really adores her and is willing to give her stuff. But then on top of that, how the story goes, I won't spoil everything that happens, it becomes even less repeatable. And she makes money out of it, so she's able to a little bit go out on her own at the end, and that's what they're depicting. But also, like, it's not a repeatable thing. It's barely even something you can legitimately list on a resume, what she ends up doing. Because it, it, it essentially boils down to, this lady likes me, so I got an even better job than before. Which I think you're you're discounting how effective networking is. A lot of the times you probably are not qualified for a job, but you know someone who knows someone's there like, yeah, yeah, we'll hire you. 
Yeah, I, I suppose. And especially in rich people world. But that's only that she didn't get a job. She got a a job task from somebody and then was not going to work for the rich British woman anymore. If she didn't make enough money to do what she ultimately does at the end in that transaction, what would she do next is my question. Because she's not going to go back to work at the gallery or the auction house. I guess. Well, I guess we don't even have to think because they told us what happened. True. You know what else she could do? She mm. could pour all of her money into making four separate movies about the Beatles. Which <laughs> yeah. actually, it's it's funny because her name is uh, Camila Mendez. And then um, the director of these Beatles movies is supposed to be Sam Mendez. Um, not, no relation. I, I, I looked into it just to see. I was like, yeah, maybe Nepo Baby or something. But no, no relation that I could find. Um, Sam Mendez, if you were wondering... He directed 1917, American Beauty, and Revolutionary Road, to name a few. So, interesting. Uh, an interesting mix there. And I guess now he's going to be busy for a couple of years, probably, making four different Beatles movies. Well, uh, here's the headline. Four separate biopic films are in the works about each member of the Beatles, all released in theaters in 2027. Okay, so three years. This is going to be this guy's whole life. Sam Mendes will direct. Each film will be interconnected stories, one from each band member's POV. No. I'm sorry. No. I understand the Beatles are so popular and people are going to watch this and they're going to yuck it up. I'm done with music biopics. They're all the same. So now we're going to get four that are all the same. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry, oh, yeah? I'll let you finish your thought, but I'm not sure I agree with you. They're it, it, they're formulaic at this point. You know everything. The trailers are made to give you an emotional response when I don't know for sure that the movie is going to earn that out of me. But even if it does, it also feels cheated because, of course, I'm connected to Freddie Mercury. Of course, I feel connected when watching the story of Bob Marley because there's somebody who has been around forever. They're always at the front of our of our heads because they're some of the f- most famous people in the history of the world. And they're not around to destroy anything in their legacy either because a lot of music biopics are made for people who are dead. There are still living members of the Beatles, obviously. Some of them are not here with us. So that's an interesting factor to it. But we saw that one. I will give it that. When Elton John actually worked with the people making Rocket Man, that was the most inventive and best one in recent memories. So maybe this has a chance, but come on, it's going to be four movies? They're making an MCU for the Beatles now? We don't need an okay, MCU. Okay, okay, okay. I'm stopping your tirade. I'm stopping your tirade. No, it already no, happened no, no, in no, reality. No, 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 no. End. Okay, my thoughts. I found it interesting. One, I don't think that they should be movies. This is probably much more suited to like a limited series kind of thing. Just make like a, you know, an extended, I don't know, 90 minute length episode and then have four episodes. Um, I think that would be much more suited to that format. However, I think it's a good experiment. And I think it's a way to draw four sets of ticket sales out of people who well, want to go see the Beatles because you're right sure, it does make way more sense as a miniseries yes but that's the cynical part of it I think the more interesting part of it is um, because people so many people know about the Beatles and like their interpersonal relationships I think it's a very good exercise in like your perspective is not the story right it's your story but and then collectively like what the public sees is another version of that story. 
the different perspectives will be something that's interesting, and I will probably check it out once it's available to me, but I'm not going to the theater, even though I enjoy the theater. I'm not going to the theater four separate times for four different Beatles movies. They're not even really one of my favorite bands. I don't dislike the Beatles, but I don't really have that strong of a personal affinity for them. But on that notion, who is your favorite Beatle? Mm, I hate to say it. Probably Paul McCartney. Why do you hate to say it? I think I think mine is Paul McCartney. Like, oh, I could try to be different. I he do just like... seems like the bitchy one, you know? Yeah. Well, because he didn't. He lived long enough to become the villain. Yeah. That's the thing with these biopics. Make them, you make them after dead people and you're fine. Nobody has any weird modern day opinions yeah. about them. Or not very many. I mean, but isn't that interesting also? An interesting dynamic of it? Like, I think you could have easily done this for a lot of other groups but like the fact that like their breakup was so public and that Paul McCartney is still very successful all of them are and Rango are successful within their own rights I, I think it's a very interesting story to tell also you could do a lot with their catalog they have a you know enough music that you can include some songs in one version and not a song in another version if they do like a rocket man you could play out their like inner monologues through the songs you know it really it just depends on like how like realistic or like the realism element of it versus like the fantastical like musical part of it so i think it's a very interesting experiment that i am interested in watching i think while you were talking it had me like an idea kind of sprouted in my head and i don't know if you could pull, this is why it would work almost better as a mini series. Is like each episode could focus on one of the Beatles specifically, but obviously there's going to be overlap in those guys meeting each other. Because when I first thought of it, I thought biopic. Like let's go back to all of them being kids, mm. and then they all end up in the Beatles. But what if they do the movies in a little bit more of a successive nature? That like there's the early years, and that's yeah. the one that's focused on. George Harrison or something and then there's the the middle years leading into the Beatles and that's John Lennon and then Ringo Starr is in there somewhere and then Paul McCartney yeah you still hit some of the tail end of the Beatles stuff but his life has so much more post Beatles and all of them do but obviously George Harrison is is George Harrison still alive he might actually be now that I now that I think about it. one of the there're two there're two left yeah and I can't remember if it's George Harrison or or uh, Ringo Starr, who is still alive. It definitely... George Harrison died in 2001, so, so it must Ringo. be Ringo Starr. Okay, so there's you know there's some room for Ringo Starr after the fact. You know, the only one who's not also in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for his solo career. Yeah. Yeah, that's I also want to clear something up. So I tweeted from the Chops TV account a repost of someone you know, fan casting, quote unquote, the Beatles. So now it's becoming a meme, like what four people are going to be the Beatles. And it was uh, Always Sunny, the yeah. Always Sunny cast. And I said, Dennis is Ringo, just to piss him off. To, to clarify, in my imagining of this, it is an episode of Always Sunny and they're filming the Beatles movie. So we get to see Dennis pissed off that he got cast as Ringo Starr. Like this isn't the actor being cast as Ringo Starr for the Beatles movie. This oh. is all this yeah. is all a always sunny episode. So what would the name of the episode be? D Yoko Ono's the gang or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um I have a little bit more of a serious one from Vulture. This uh writer, his name is Jason P. Frank. The names he threw out, and I'm not familiar with a lot of these, but people with accents 
Um, he says, Harry Styles isn't out of the race just yet. Oh. Can he act? Debatable. But he can probably pull <laughs> off a bull cut, which is just as important. Let him play Paul McCartney. Give George Harrison no. to Styles as my policeman co-star David Dawson. This guy says he's got the cheekbones. Uh, have Lennon be Dua Lipa Bo Callum Turner. Oh. Do you know who that is? Yeah. I figured with Dua Lipa. And then see what happens when you let Aussie comedian and chaos demon Sam Campbell play Ringo. So I'm not that familiar with Sam Campbell's stuff, but the way he describes him, I'm like, yeah, that seems like fun. The only problem with the, it's weird casting the Beatles. You would like move down the stardom as you get through the lineup. John and Paul have to be real A-list type stars, you would expect. But George and Ringo probably don't have to be. But if they're centering on their own movie, I then argue, it's a very different casting job. I argue you make the more the more high high list celebrities the lesser known. So George Harrison and Ringo, because then you can elevate and pretty much unknown person and it'd be just as interesting and they're not going to be as scrutinized yeah. on like the impression part of it because most people are not as familiar with mm-hmm. even even fully what they look like but definitely like what they sound like and how they act and everything that's way more john and paul for sure yeah harry styles is a bad paul mccartney pick also <laughs> yes it just I, well, he says can he act debatable i love i like it's that not line. even the acting even like the singing like the way he carries himself he's much more of a John, I think. Okay, fair enough. Like ringleader. I don't even know if he was the ringleader of his own band. So here's what we'll do. You can go see the first one and report back to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll decide if I want to go see the subsequent three. Or, no, another experiment. We can just assign people to watch each one of the movies and then, like, telephone. Like, what happens in them and then at the end... Have like a round table of four different people yeah. that only saw one of them and yes. see how well we can piece it together. Yep. And see if there are any of those moments where they do cross over and we go, oh, from your movie's perspective, it was like this. From ours, it was like that. Okay. That's a write that down. Put it on the docket. That is a great idea for a podcast. And even then uh, each one of us could become emotionally invested in whichever band member we watch and then, uh, you know, like become their personal lawyer and attorney (laughs) in terms of like how the breakup happened and blah, blah, blah. Okay, there you go. We we can do it that way. Uh, one other thing I wanted to hit real quick. You are familiar with the NCAA football game, right? You've seen me play it. I have it on my Xbox yes. 360. You got they, it at Goodwill. Yes, but they stopped. Well, that's because it's like the only place you could really get a copy anymore. I had it back in the day as well on some of my older game systems, but they stopped making it in 2014, I believe. Denard Robinson was on the cover. Boo! I don't understand. He's a Michigan quarterback. Boo! Boo! <laughs> but as NIL and stuff has come out, the reason why it went away is because they were essentially putting the players in the game, but they would label it, say Justin Fields would have been QB number one mm. in the game, but it would have the height and the weight of Justin Fields, statistics of like his abilities as far as speed and throwing accuracy and throwing uh, strength. Pretty accurate to what you would expect them to rank that guy. And so they they lost a court case eventually. And so the game went away. But with NIL, they were able to finagle their way. It's still kind of unclear exactly what the payout is going to be and what it how they got this. Because the college players aren't in a union. That's how it works with the NFLPA. Mm. Every player in the NFLPA gets a whatever amount from the licensing agreement that they have with Madden to put their name and likeness in the games. 
I don't know how that's working, but they, they say they're having it. And EA Sports announced last week that it is coming out in May. And people are very excited about it. But it's the beginning of that sentence that I'm worried about. NCAA. EA Sports. Well, oh. always worry about the NCAA, but that's just a, that's a boilerplate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> EA Sports is not the most popular. Get in the game? Yeah. Uh, EA Sports. It's in the game. It's in the game. Yes. So, yeah. See, you have heard it. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, they make Madden right now. They say that the engine isn't going to be just a direct port of Madden, but a lot of people do not like the current engine in the Madden games. Remember I was just talking to you about physics in games and how when they don't match what you're expecting, what you expect from physics, that it messes you up in the game. Mm-hmm. That's kind of something that's happening here. Also, For context, you were talking about Sonic the Hedgehog. There still needs to be some physics in it. Right. But Sonic does defy the laws of physics <laughs> quite a lot. But when he's on a rotating platform <laughs> and he jumps... He would go with the momentum of the platform and keep going with the rotation. He would not have it spin under him as he was if he was on it and it was spinning already as he was on it. If you you jumped up from a non-moving platform to a spinning platform, then it would spin under you. Do you go to the gem world in that game too? The gem world? Yeah, with the chaos emeralds and the Uh, the chaos emeralds are very. are a very big part of it. This one... But there was a little world where you could go and take care of the little thing with the, the teardrop head. Yeah. No, there are no chows. There are eggs, and I keep collecting them, and I don't know what they're for. So maybe there are chows in Sonic <laughs> Frontiers, but I've not gotten to it yet, because you're talking about Sonic Adventure 2 on the Dreamcast and GameCube. Yes. That's the game you're talking about. And yes, there were chows. And depending on which which character you let pet the chow and take care of the chow. It could turn evil if it was shadow. Mm-hmm, yeah. It could turn girly if it was like rogue or Amy and it could turn, I guess good if it was Sonic or whatever. And then you could give them little animals that you saved and they would turn into the animals. Yeah. Fuck physics. You should be more angry about the lack of chows in that game. I am a little angry. Actually, I was kind of hoping for it. when I saw eggs, I was like, Oh man, are we going to get a chow garden again? Cause I have not seen one. That I liked that was effective since Sonic Adventure 2. It was also in Sonic Adventure 1, but you couldn't do as many things with the Chows, but you still had them, and mm-hmm. you, could, you could buy them little outfits and stuff. Back to EA. It's not the most popular game developer, and I'm really worried that there's going to be a ton of microtransactions to make the game work mm. for you. A lot of people have thrown out the idea that, like, oh, NIL and the transfer portal is real in the game because you have to pay real money to do it, and that is something that I oh, can totally see EA doing. I mentioned the Madden engine is something that people don't really like currently. And so if it's the same company, I'm sorry, big companies cut corners at any moment. If they already have an engine that works with the graphics on these next gen consoles for a football game, they're going to use mostly that. So it's so it will be like a console based game, not web. Well, I mean, you can play online and stuff, but yeah, it'll be on Xbox. It'll probably be on. It'll be everywhere. It's an EA game, well, a sports game. Well, with the you know web like interface stuff, more online games, they are constantly doing updates to that. So maybe they could fix a couple of bugs there. That's it. Yeah, I mean, that's very popular with uh, AAA games. You know, the big studios that still make games uh, that they really just say a release date and then they do it, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll just fix everything." On the mm-hmm. back end. So there will be consistent updates. They're in like a lot of the, I don't know they'd handle that in college, but a lot of the professional ones because of trades and everything, they will update the rosters mm. throughout the year. 
as you're playing yeah. the game. So, so if a guy gets traded in the middle of the season, he will be on that new team now. Interesting. Would the money then be funneled into the universities? And uh, then- there, there is a licensing agreements with the universities as well because if, say, Ohio State has opted in, and I believe they have, I think I think a lot of them were conference by conference for the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, the horseshoe yeah. will be there. Oh, fun. I don't know what they're going to do with coaches. They didn't used to put the coach, my memory at least, was they didn't used to put the coaches specifically in there. But there would be, it would kind of, it was the same thing. It would kind of look like a book. You I should be able. actually said the coach's name. You should be able to pick whatever coach you want. So you could pick Woody Hayes and you could just go out and punch a bunch of kids in the throat <laughs> on the field. Um, no comment. So kind of like how you can pick like alternate uniforms within the game, but you yes. can pick alternate coaches. Yes. Do you get their playbook then as well? Yeah, that'd be so, yeah, you have to like run their schemes and shit. Yeah. I think that would, that's a fun mechanic that I, I could get into. Someone call EA. I'm the best at this. I am doing the best at this. My last problem with the whole thing is that everybody clamoring for it. I think we're a little bit beholden to nostalgia at this point because we love the game and we obviously still love our college football teams and maybe even some of us have continued to play but how many people acting excited for this really still play video games all that much and are they ready for how terrible video (laughs) games are nowadays and they're always trying to pull something out of you remember i got nba 2k on my switch and i can't play it it is too hard there are too many things that you can do which means that i don't want to do any of them i just want like a basic story you had to follow this guy it's convoluted again you have to pay to do certain things and that's what i fear that this game is going to be Mm. i'm sorry if i'm being a downer about it but especially sport games in my opinion right now are kind of a hellscape that are not as fun as they used to be look you've been burned okay this is obviously a trauma response and i respect that Okay, one last thing. We had a, a house guest, so we continued our flipping this week. And I would say great success for the flipping uh, of channels this week. Very much helped out by it was a free preview of Showtime this weekend. So we did have a base camp to go back to if we liked one of the movies that was on, which we normally did. A base camp to go back to something that had no commercials because that's the big pro. Everybody goes commercial at the same time and there's nothing to flip back to. Yeah, and then if you're familiar with the film, a la Titanic, and you know that there's going to be no commercials, but you know kind of how much time you have until the next part that you want to see, you have time to then go and flip and find something else. And then when that hits a commercial, then you go back. We watched about, I don't know, a third to a half of Titanic, all in all, probably. Yeah, all in the front half, too. We Yeah, and this was like three different times that we clicked onto it. It had restarted at certain points. We saw like the very beginning at one point as well, but... Yeah, I don't even think we got to the night of the iceberg at all. The furthest we got was on the deck when Rose was admiring his drawings. I think that was the furthest we got. Is that before or after she tries to throw herself off the ship? That's after. That's because they meet when she tries to throw herself off the bridge. I guess that is when they meet, yeah. Yeah. And then we go to the dinner. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even get to the dinner. The dinner might be the best scene in the movie. We no, we got to the dinner. I don't remember the dinner. This time, I mean, I know, I know yeah, what happens yeah, yeah. in the scene. A real man makes his own look. Mm-hmm. Do you think it, it might? It, it probably is the best dialogue scene amongst the characters and showing the difference between the classes and everything. I think that's fair. Sure. We didn't get to the car. Boo. <laughs> Want to fog up some windows? On an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> On an airplane, maybe. 
Um, one other thing we also clicked on. This one is good enough to go through the commercials. The Titanic would be too, but uh, your opa was was on you about why'd you just pass over Goodfellas? Every guy would turn on Goodfellas, and I perked my head up and said, "Yeah, every guy would." So then you turned on Goodfellas, and then I watched like ninety minutes of Goodfellas with commercials. Well, that's, that's just why. What you do. I mean, Goodfellas with commercials, not my cup of tea. And I just got to be honest about that. It's a fine movie. It's a good film. Apparently, I'm not bro enough Apparently. to just stop on it. I don't know. You know why? Because when the world is your oyster and Bar Rescue's also on. That was my last question for you. Between Ridiculousness, Bar Rescue, and The Office slash Seinfeld, which is apparently the only thing Comedy Central shows now, which of those three are you picking? Ooh, probably Bar Rescue. Yeah, Bar Rescue. That's, I mean, I love Bar Rescue. Shut it down. John Taffer going in there. I don't care if I've seen the episode or it's a new episode. Would you eat here again? I wouldn't feed this to a dog. (laughs) But you should let your dog listen to Chops TV. Say goodbye, J-Lo. Bye, everyone. I miss you. Thanks for listening. Chops TV is made possible by people who subscribe to podcasts and viewers like you. 